We all wanna be happier, but how do we get there? First, we start by realizing happiness is not a destination. Being happy consists of micro action steps every single day. I'm your host, Brittany King, and I'm here to guide you along the way. All right, my friend, welcome back to the Positively Real podcast, and I'm your host and coach, Brittany King, and I'm just so happy to be with you today doing a little check-in and kind of sharing where I'm at before I dive into this episode. So lately I have felt like I've been in a functional freeze, which is a nervous system response. And I don't think I've ever been aware of what this pattern is that I've experienced. And lately some things have been coming up that have been kind of triggering. And it's so, you know, that's, what's so crazy about when you are triggered by something and it brings up stuff from your past. The event itself is so innocent, um, but the way that your brain metabolizes the event of whatever it is that's happening, the circumstance is what triggers it. And I won't go into all the detail because I prefer to share once I've really worked through the whole experience. And right now I'm kind of in the middle of it. And if you are a client of mine or you've been working with me, you know about that messy middle. And I'll be sharing an episode about that, but that's not what I'm going to talk about today. Something else is calling to me. But I just wanted to share where I'm at because you might find this helpful when you find yourself in a situation like this. So something that has been coming up is just being feeling really stuck for no apparent external reason. There's things that are happening in the world outside of me and my internal world feels frozen. And it's very interesting of how that's manifesting in my day-to-day with scrolling, just kind of zoning out, being forgetful about things, half doing things, the easiest things seem seemingly really hard for me to do. And I'm just kind of stuck in this, this pattern. And I think it's because I've been doing so much deep internal work and somatic work that my, my nervous system, my capacity is not quite there to handle it. So it's kind of shutting down in certain circumstances and it's really fascinating. And I think for the first time in my life, I've just be, am able to be aware of it and hold space for it. And I want to share this with you because I never want you to think that I don't experience hard times or challenging things. And I do, and I'm in this journey on this journey with you. And I get to walk alongside my clients and the clients that I work with. I'm just a couple steps ahead of where they're at in their journey. And I know that everything that I go through now is to help me help my clients when they get to that place. And I feel very grateful for these opportunities, even though it feels terrible. And that's kind of what I think about transformation. Transformation feels awful. And I think when we think of transformation, we think it's this like light rainbows and butterflies type of deal. And it's truly not, it's very jarring. It's really uncomfortable. And our brain wants to find anything familiar to create comfort in that transformation. And it's, it's hard. It's hard work. Let me tell you, especially when things in your life are incredible. 
you know, this is where I've been running into with my nervous system and the capacity to feel good. I'm hitting this upper limit. I'm hitting this wall, the ceiling of my capacity to feel good. And I mean, my capacity to feel good is so different than my capacity to feel good last year. Um, but I'm really coming up against this and my system is just not used to the goodness and the, that I'm experiencing in my life and the opportunities that I'm having and all these amazing things. And my system is just not there yet. And instead of like forcing myself into it, I just have to be really gentle and allow my, my capacity to feel good, to slowly get there. I can't force it. And when I've been forcing it, this is when I've been, um, kind of going back, sabotaging in a way that brings me back to a baseline that I feel more comfortable and safe, even though I don't like that place, that's just where it's at. So it's very interesting to kind of watch this happening. And the reason why I'm sharing this with you is so you can kind of check in with your capacity to feel good and noticing areas where you might be going backwards based off of like what your capacity to feeling good is. Like what is your baseline? What is your baseline for feeling good? And just know that it grows and grows a little bit over time. It's just like going to the gym, right? You don't just go and deadlift you know, 85 pounds plus, you might start with something a little bit smaller and that's how it works with our nervous system. So that's kind of an update with me. I wanted to share with you just as an opportunity and, or an offer for you to check in with where you're at as well and know that growth is not linear and it's always this up and down roller coaster. And when you're in the roller coaster and when you're in the messy middle, that doesn't mean anything's wrong. It means everything is just going right. And it's just your ability to embrace that discomfort, which is going to help you grow. And that's where I'm at. And I wanted to share that with you um, just so you know that you're not alone. So this episode um, today is really important because I think that this has been something that's been coming up for me and a lot of people I'm talking to, whether it's friends or colleagues or just in passing, like this just keeps coming up. And so whenever I hear people saying the same thing over and over again, I always have this intuitive hit to create something to address it because this is the thing that holds most people back. And I want to give you the tools and the understanding to move through it. So today we are going to talk about imposter syndrome. We're going to turn that nagging voice of self-doubt into your biggest cheerleader. So we're going to empower your inner voice. Now, this is so fascinating because I didn't know this existed until, you know, five years ago when I started my business. Um, but I just was just so crazy to think about, but I used to be terrified of being exposed as a fraud. I always had this nagging thought, this nagging voice in my head that people were going to find me out. They were going to find me out that I'm not who I, who I say I am. And on the outside, the way that people see me. And, um, I always felt like I was not skilled or capable as people perceived me. Like people viewed me one way and I viewed myself another. And I just want you to know that if you felt that way, that you are not alone. In fact, some of the most accomplished and inspiring women in history have battled these same feelings. I'm going to give you some examples because if you have felt like a fraud or you're worried about being exposed or you're going to be found out, I just want you to know 
but this, some of the greatest of the greats have also experienced this. And this is just uh, a small list that I compiled, but I'm sure you could look up like hundreds of other women. But um, some of the ones that stood out the most to me was Maya Angelou. She's a poet and she, um, she admitted that she felt like her success was undeserving and that one day people would find out that she's a fraud. Um, another, another legend, Meryl Streep, she has openly shared about her feelings of self-doubt, no matter how many awards and accolades that she has, she felt like she didn't belong in the industry. Another leading lady, Michelle Obama, who has written a best-selling book. She has also opened up about her struggle with imposter syndrome during her time in the White House. And she felt like she wasn't qualified for the role that she was in. Um, another great, Tina Fey. She's an actress, a comedian, and a writer. And she has openly spoke about her tendency to second guess her abilities um, and attributed her success to luck rather than her own skills. And this is just scratching the surface. Like there are so many other women that have openly talked about their struggle with imposter syndrome. So I wanted to open this episode to address this, to know that if you have experienced imposter syndrome or you are experiencing imposter syndrome, the you are not alone. So in this episode, we are going to dive into imposter syndrome, the different types of flavors of imposter syndrome, how it manifests in your life. And then we'll also talk about tangible things that you can do to help turn that voice of self-doubt into your biggest cheerleader. Okay. So let's just start with what imposter syndrome is because there's a term for it. Um, it's, it's, it's been, um, labeled as a phenomenon because most women, I think that's like 70% of women experience this, not as many men experience imposter syndrome. Um, which is fascinating because, I mean, not fascinating because it just comes back down to how we've been conditioned as a society. Uh, but imposter syndrome is a psychological phenomenon characterized by the feelings of inadequacy and self-doubt despite the external evidence of competence and or accomplishments. Now, the problem with imposter syndrome is this can impact all the areas of our life, including your career, your relationships, your personal growth, it can really negatively impact if you let that voice take control. So to effectively address imposter syndrome, we have to get to the root of it and understand why it holds you back from reaching your fullest potential. So imposter syndrome manifests in various different ways. And so when I was diving into this and studying and getting getting to know it, because I, when I found out about imposter syndrome, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so fascinating. And then I started to really see how it was showing up in my life and how this was affecting me. So I'm going to kind of share these um, archetypes, like these kind of the different flavors of 
imposter. So it's not just one type of imposter. There's a couple different ways that imposter syndrome um, likes to show up. And I like to view this as another um, trick of fear and ego trying to protect our true feelings or being exposed or being vulnerable. So like the imposter shows up as a form of self-protection. So this first imposter imposter is kind of the most well-known and that is the perfectionist. So the perfectionist sets extremely high standards for themselves and feels like a failure if they don't meet those standards every time. So that is kind of the way that it tends to manifest and the actions that we tend to take are overworking, um, becoming extremely focused on minor details that don't really matter, um, ended up procrastinating because of fear of not being able to achieve perfection. So there's a lot of fear that a perfectionist experiences. I'd say fear is the master of disguise. And this is just one of the the masks that um, fear wears as a perfectionist. And it can feel productive to be like, oh no, I just need it to be just right. It can like, you can kind of find relief in that, but you always just have to check in like what emotion is driving your actions. And if you're overworking, it's this fear of, of it not being good enough and fear of you not being good enough. And so the way that the perfectionist sounds is like, if I don't do everything perfectly, people will think I'm a failure. Um, I can't submit this project. I can't do the thing until every detail is flawless and flushed out. Um, or I should have done it better. There's no room for mistakes. Now, as I go through this, I want you to just be open-minded and figure out which one resonates the most with you. And you might have a flavor of multiple. It's not just one linear way. It could be a couple different masks that the imposter wears. So it's perfectionist. The next one is the expert. So the expert believes they must know everything before taking on a project and feels inadequate if they don't know it all or if they aren't an authority on a subject. So this manifests in actions like not avoiding situations that they might not be seen as having all the answers, um, hesitates to share knowledge or insights, and seeks constant validation. And the expert sounds like, I can't speak up in a meeting. Someone might know more than me. I need to be the go-to person for the answers, or they will find out that I don't belong here. Um, And the other thought is I can't contribute to the discussion because I'm not an expert on this topic. So that's how the expert manifests. And then there is the soloist. Now the soloist feels like they have to do everything on their own and have a hard time asking for help. So they believe that seeking help indicates incompetence, that they are not good enough, that they are not smart enough. And these behaviors manifest similar to the perfectionist, where they overwork until the point of burnout, avoids collaborating with others, and often turns down opportunities, even if it's a good opportunity and it's available. And the soloist sounds like this. I have to have this all figured out on my own. Asking for help shows weakness. If I delegate tasks to others, they can see that I can't handle my responsibilities or they're not going to do it as good as me. Uh, It's better if I do everything myself. That way I know it'll be done right. Okay, so that is the soloist. The next type of imposter is the natural genius. And this manifests like 
this, this is super interesting because this is expecting tasks to be easy. And if they believe that it, they have to work hard for it, that they're not truly skilled and they associate their accomplishments with their innate abilities rather than their efforts. So when you think that you just need it to be easy and you're like entitled to it to be easy and you, it's not, then you think that something has gone wrong. And again, you're not good enough. So the actions that the natural genius takes are avoiding challenges that might reveal weakness, becoming frustrated when things take effort and might give up really easily if they don't excel quickly. So the natural genius sounds like this. If I have to work hard at this, I must not be as talented as I thought. I shouldn't have to struggle with this. I'm supposed to be supposed to be good at this. If I can't understand this quickly, it means I'm not as smart as I believe. And the next one is the superwoman or the superman, this imposter. This one also aligns with the perfectionist. Um, some of the characteristics, the way that it manifests is feels the need to excel in all areas of life, work, relationships, personal life, family, struggles to find balance in roles perfectly and thinks that they need to find balance in all of their roles. Um, the type of actions that the superwoman or superman takes is overextending themselves, overworking, feeling guilty when unable to meet all expectations and often sacrifices self-care for the sake of others. Now the thoughts that the superwoman or man have or superperson, I should say, um, I can't say no to things. I can't say no to taking on more tasks. I need to prove that I can handle everything. Um, if I take a break, people will think I'm not committed enough. And I have to excel in my career, be a perfect partner, be a perfect parent, be a perfect friend, and maintain a flawless home life. And the last one is the avoider. So the avoider avoids challenging situations or opportunities because of fear of failure. So they would rather tr not try at all than risk not meeting their own or others' expectations. They're terrified of disappointment. And so the actions, the way this manifests is missing out on potential growth opportunities, um, learning experiences, doesn't pursue goals, stay stuck because of fear of failure. And they often like to stay within their comfort zone. And this is what it sounds like. I won't apply for that job. I am not qualified enough. I won't present my idea in the meeting because I'm not good enough. I won't pursue my passion because what if I'm not successful? So those are the different flavors of the imposter. And you can tell they all are kind of similar, but they have these different types that are important to identify. Like these nuances are important to identify within yourself. Now, I want to pause you for a second because you might be freaking out being like, oh my gosh, this is me. And I just don't want you to judge yourself. This is the time when we have the self-awareness and you can go one or two ways. You can either judge yourself and criticize, which just gives more power to the imposter, or you can hold loving, compassionate, curious space. You get to decide you are in the driver's seat here. So what do you choose in this moment? Are you going to judge yourself or are you going to hold compassion for yourself? So 
which one of those resonates with you? Now, it could be a little bit of all. I know when I was doing this, I was like, it kind of just depends on where I'm at and what season I'm in. And the reason why I'm sharing this is because you never outgrow the imposter. You just get better at managing it. And I'll be working on a project. And I'm like, who am I to do this? There are like so many other people out there that are doing this and doing it well. Why should I? And I hear that voice often. And it used to have way more weight than it does now, but I would be lying if I said it didn't still negatively impact me, if I didn't still feel self-doubt. But I understand that self-doubt is a part of my growth journey. And it is a part of your growth journey too, if you choose to accept that journey. So let's talk about why this occurs, because it's really important to understand that you are not alone in this and there's actually ways to get through it. But I think it's helpful to understand. Number one, self-doubt, the imposter, is a universal common experience, especially when you are putting your heart into the world. Like if you are putting something into the world that you are creating from your heart, you are going to experience this. There is no way around it. You will not get around self-doubt. If it's all perfect, it's impossible. Okay. I just want to let you know the people that are incredibly successful that you look up to experience this. The reason why they are successful is their capacity, their nervous system's capacity to handle this discomfort. And like I said, in the beginning, you don't just stretch your capacity quickly. You do it over time and you get better over time. So this is a universal experience. This is a natural response that arises when you are doing meaningful work or stepping out of your comfort zone and human beings are meant to grow. So most people experience this. Um, The other reason why this occurs is because self-doubt is a manifestation of resistance and resistance is an internal force that opposes personal growth because we just, our brain is designed to seek things that are familiar and comfortable in the same. So when you experience resistance, it's just resistance to change because our brain naturally does not want to change, even though human beings are meant to evolve, right? This is the conundrum of being alive. So resistance, and I always say like resistance is like a dragon. It thrives, it feeds on self-doubt. It uses it to distract individuals from taking action and expressing what's important to them. Um, So if you experience resistance, if you're experiencing self-doubt, that means you're onto something. That means you're onto something big. I know it feels terrible. And that's why, I mean, I am so grateful to have coaching for myself because when I'm experiencing it, they help me walk through it. And that's exactly what I do for my clients as well. It's like when they come up against resistance, when they're experiencing self-doubt, it's the sign to be like, Hey, we're going to work through this. You're going to expand your capacity to feeling this, the self-doubt, and then you're going to keep moving forward. The other reason why imposter syndrome exists is because of perfectionism. Um, and people that experience imposter syndrome often are high achievers and they set really high standards for themselves. And they fear that anything less than perfect will reveal their perceived inadequacies. So perfectionism really is a big big driver for imposter syndrome. Another reason why imposter syndrome exists is because of comparing ourselves, especially when we compare ourselves to people who appear successful on the outside, right? We don't actually know. Um, And that can amplify feelings of inadequacy. It's like, who am I? Someone else is already doing this. Um, Another reason why this happens is the attribution bias. And this is very fascinating because I did this 
the most. I would attribute my success to external factors like luck or help from other people. And yes, I did not get to where I am without the support and help of my coach, mentors, my husband, my support system. Like that is true. But I had to really own that I got to where I am because I did the work to get there. And it wasn't luck. It was a lot of effort. Um, And then the other reason is lack of internal validation. So if if you rely solely on external validation for your sense of worth, that is a fast track to imposter syndrome. Because if you can't recognize your own strength and accomplishments, you are going to be more susceptible to self-doubt no matter if people tell you how awesome you are, if you don't believe it and self-validate it, you will, you, the imposter's voice will always speak the loudest. A couple other reasons that imposter syndrome exists is because of childhood experiences, like your upbringing, the way that you are conditioned. Um, if you grew up believing that achievements, um, are the way to like getting attention, or if you grew up learning to downplay your achievements, like don't make other people uncomfortable with what you've achieved or that you were never good enough. Um, imposter gets very loud from, from your, from your past. And then the last thing is societal and cultural factors, right? There are cultural norms and societal expectations on how people perceive their achievements. And there is this undertone of being modest and being humble. Um, But it's like, what is the intention of sharing our accomplishments? Like, where is that coming from? So this is why it exists. And it makes total sense, right? It's not like, oh my gosh, like this is like, I can't believe this. Like, of course this makes sense. And what's really important to understand is this is not, this doesn't have to be your reality when you're creating something. Like you don't have to live with the imposter forever. You just have to get better at managing it because the imposter is a voice in your head. It's that inner critic that's actually trying to keep you safe. And if you get really good at forming a relationship with this imposter, this part of you that's trying to keep you safe from putting your meaningful work into the world, you can overcome it time and time again. And the voice doesn't have such a hold on you. In the beginning though, that voice is very loud. It's very convincing. And if you don't have practices to help you manage it, you will stay stuck and you will not grow. And that is a fact, because when you listen to the imposter and you let sift out, overpower you and resistance win, there's no growth there. You cannot grow from that place of fear. And, you know, I've done an episode on fear, so I won't go down what fear actually is. And I definitely suggest that you listen to the episodes about what holds us back, because when you can really distinguish between real fear, like actual fear, that's you're in danger and then manufactured fear, fear that's just made up in your mind. That's not actually putting you in harm's way. That's really one of the key steps that you can take to overcome self doubt and really turn that imposter into a friend, because if you get the imposter on the same team as you, which is like, technically you are on the same team, right? It's like the first, the imposter's job is like to keep you safe and survive. But then once you get on the same team, then you really can thrive. And that's really the goal. Um, But it doesn't just happen by snapping your fingers. It's a constant conscious practice. And we'll talk about how we can do that next. Now, before we talk about how to overcome imposter syndrome, I want to talk about why or like how this is going 
how this manifests um, in your day-to-day. So number one is fear of failure and rejection. So imposter syndrome cultivates fear of failure, and that leads you to avoid taking risks. Um, Another way that this is going to hold you back is undermining your achievements. So looking at what you've done and making it not a big deal, which lowers your self-esteem, your confidence. Um, And quite honestly, I just think that this is outdated way of doing things. I think that it is silly that especially women downplay and be like, Oh, like, I don't want, like, I don't want to brag. It's like, it always comes back to your intention of why you want to celebrate your accomplishments. If you're coming from that energy of trying to prove yourself, then yes, maybe that energy is not clean. But if you want to do it from truly celebrating yourself from this place of like love and this place of truth, then it's a totally different experience for you. Um, the other way that this holds you back is procrastination. If you find yourself procrastinating a lot, listen to the voice in your head. What is it telling you, you know, the fear of not meeting unrealistic expectations will always lead to procrastination. And then you might delay working on a project. Um, you might delay putting your idea into the world, working on that business, that side hustle, um, something that's going to make an impact in someone else's life. Um, this is going to hold you back because of that fear of wanting to do it perfectly. Um, imposter syndrome destroys creativity. If you have you ever had that experience where you're feeling really good and you go on Instagram or TikTok or whatever your social media outlet is, and you see someone doing something similar, and instead of being inspired, you feel awful and all your creativity is zapped. One of the things that I teach my clients is create before you consume. Always focus on creating whether or not you share your creation. It's just so important that you use that part of your brain before you are consuming other people's stuff. Um, And then the other thing that is really, 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 really big and important to touch on, especially because I teach clients how to stop hustling and stop burning themselves to the ground, burning out, um, imposter syndrome leads to burnout because there's this constant state of stress of maintaining this mask of competence while battling self-doubt. There is, that is the quickest way to burn out because you end up overworking, overextending and stretching yourself. So there's this like fear of being discovered, right? Found out that you're a fraud and this will lead to burnout, which will take a toll on your mental and emotional well-being. So that is imposter syndrome. This is how it manifests. This is why it exists. And this is how it's holding you back. Now let's dive a little bit deeper into how to overcome it. Okay. So the first thing as with any part of personal development is self-awareness, being able to acknowledge and recognize when the imposter is there because there's things that happen, right? Like, let's say there's the goal that you're working on. That's a neutral thing in your life. It's just what is it's a goal, but then you have thoughts about it and being aware of what your thoughts are is going to tell you what voice is in your head. Like what part of you is talking. And so the imposter, I gave you examples of what the imposter might sound like. You have to check in with what those thoughts are, how it's making you feel and what actions you're taking, what behaviors are, how it's manifesting. So understanding this thought and feeling connection, right. Will show you where you have the work 
to do, where you need to befriend the imposter and how to reframe it. Understanding that your thoughts and your feelings are not an accurate reflection of your abilities. This is the first step towards overcoming the imposter. Recognizing like this is not true because thoughts are not facts, okay? The next thing that you wanna do is normalize failure. Embrace failure as opportunity, as growth. I get it, easier said than done. But the more you embrace failure and the smaller things that you do to fail make you realize, okay, it's not a big deal. I'm not gonna die if I fail. Uh, If I fail, I'm learning and I'm growing. I truly believe that you're either winning or you're learning. There's no other things. Learning is, failure is learning. And if you have an adverse relationship with failure, just take failure out of your vocabulary and just use learning instead. Embrace it as an opportunity to grow. Understand and it's like understand in your heads, like you know, setbacks are a normal pro- part of the learning process, but being able to feel it in your body is different. You know it intellectually, but can you embody it? And the way you embody it is every time you have a setback, you just sit with the discomfort and that expands your capacity. Your ability to grow and learn through the setbacks and challenges are going to help you become who you want to be. So your worth, like when you separate your worth from um, your mistakes, that's what gives you the biggest flex because this does not define your worth or your competence. If you're learning, you're growing, and that's what's going to make you feel even more in control of your life. Um, The next thing is shifting your self-talk. So sometimes it's hard. And I, you know, there's, I, I try to stay away from anything that is, makes it feel like toxic positivity because we're like, just think positive, think positive, think positive thoughts. And while that sounds lovely in theory, it's really hard in practice because there's a huge disconnect in your body and in your mind. So instead of thinking, you know, talk positive to yourself, is important to challenge the negative self-talk and question it by acknowledging your accomplishments and your strengths. So you can replace self-doubt with questions that will help you reinforce your capabilities. So I want you to think about like empowering questions, like, you know, how am I already good at this? What am I celebrating? What, what accomplishments have I, what have I accomplished so far? And really leaning into that because that's going to help you go from negative self-talk to more positive. Now I'm a big believer in going from negative to neutral and hanging out in neutral until it feels really true in your body. And then you can continue to work your way up the scale. Um, and the scale by scale, I mean the emotional scale because your thoughts create how you feel. So higher vibration thoughts create higher vibration emotions. So you don't have to jump from low to high. You can work your way up to more neutral and then eventually keep going until you really believe the thought and feel it in your body. Um, the next thing is set realistic goals. So to shift yourself out of a perfectionist mindset into achieving goals that are going to stretch you, but also are achievable that help you collect the wins and evidence that you need to continue to grow. So the way that you do this is by setting a goal, but then setting smaller milestones and celebrating every single win and acknowledging your progress along the way. And then the next thing that you can do to overcome imposter syndrome is seek support. 
Share how you feel with people that you trust in your life. Know that you are not alone in this. And the more that you open up again around your imposter, the more other people will be like, I have that too. And then you won't feel alone, but asking for help, having a couple people that you can call and be like, I need, like, I need a hype up right now. Like I need to help. I need you to help remind me of how awesome I am. Like having those go-to people that light your candle, that light you up is so important. And also if it gets to be debilitating, seeking professional help, it, you know, you can ask for um, coaching, you can reach out to a therapist. Like there are people out there, there's resources out there that can really help you turn around this inner critic and help that inner critic become your biggest ally. And when you know that you can have your own back, but also get the support that you need, it truly makes you unstoppable. So these are the steps that you can take to overcome imposter syndrome. Um, I wanted to do this for you today because I'm actually leading a training this week. If you are listening to the podcast the day that it goes live on Tuesday, August 15th, I am leading a workshop on Thursday, August 17th at noon, a little lunch and learn where I'm going to dive deeper into this. So we're really going to get to know the flavor of imposter that ends up plaguing our growth. And I'm really going to take that imposter and turn it around into a cheerleader, your biggest support, your biggest ally. So if you want to join in this training, you can sign up in the show notes. And I really want to help you overcome this because I believe that everybody is given their ideas, the things that they want to bring into the world. And if we listen to the imposter, it stifles, it stops that growth and it stops that impact that whatever it is that you want to create from entering the world and helping impact other people's life. And I know that if I would have listened to the imposter, I would not be here on this podcast talking to you. And I have to constantly, no matter what level I get to in my life, I always have to overcome it. I always have to overcome it. It does not just go away. You just get better at managing it and you get better at getting it on your team. So if you want help with this, I would love, 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 love to help you. So come to the free training so I can walk you through the step-by-step that I just shared. And you can really get the support that you need to overcome the imposter. So you can bring whatever it is that you're working on, whether it's a project, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a new job, whatever it is that you're working on, that you're focusing on growing in your life. I want to help you do that and bring it to life. So sign up for the training. If you can't make it live, you can get the replay, but I highly suggest coming live just because it's so much better when it's in real time, because you're more engaged. You can ask questions. You can also learn from the other people on the call. Okay. So sign up in the show notes. Let me know how this resonate, this episode resonated with you. Let me know if you have any questions, if you're coming to the training, ask for questions ahead of time. So I can make sure I answer them and address it on the free training. And I, uh, what else was I going to say? I think that's really it. I'm just really excited. I love leading trainings. I'm a teacher like through and through and leading these trainings light me up in such a way because I get to serve you and I get to help other women go through the same thing that I went through to get to where I am. And I'm just so grateful that I have the opportunity to guide so many incredible, powerful women on their journey through growth and transformation because transformation is not for the weak of heart, but it is so 
worth it. It is so worth it. It really, it truly is. So that is all I have for you today, my friend. Thank you so much for your time. I hope to see you on the training on Thursday. Um, if you listen to this episode past the training date, it's okay. There will be an opportunity to take the training after um, the live. So if you miss out, don't worry. You're not going to miss out on the content. I will make sure that it gets in your hands. So you can always send me a message and say, hey, I would love to take this training. All right. That is it. I hope you have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your week. And I will talk to you soon. Remember to love yourself, own your happiness and let your light shine because you're so worthy of it, my friend. Until next time.